This is Corolla Digital. Hello, my little lasagna noodles. It's me, Allison. Before the show officially starts, we have time for a little chat. And I think we have an iTunes comment of the week. Allison wants your iTunes comments. Allison wants them. Yes, she does. Please leave her some iTunes comments. And don't forget to click five stars. All right, this week's iTunes comment of the week is from Alex D, and it reads, I love you, my little wasabi soy nut. That's the title. The comment reads, I just love your show. <laughs> it's I kind f- of a comment in and of itself, and I love it. Go ahead. Kinda sorry. No, sorry, that's okay. Gary. The comment no, reads. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, okay, that's okay. I'm sorry. Um, no, that's okay. <laughs> the comment reads, I just love your show. I feel like we really get each other. Last night when, you, when your intro came on, my seven-year-old, don't judge, said, your new best friend, Mommy, you've been listening to her for like a thousand times. That's so cute. Now, wait, don't judge because she's listening to me in front of her seven-year-old? It doesn't I like getting to them young. It doesn't specify. I'm just wondering what she's worried about us judging about. Yeah, I don't know. It could be several things. I I only hear that one thing. And I think that in terms of judging her, I'd give her a A plus for having excellent taste. Okay, go ahead. Also... I want to say thanks for all the PSA work you're doing on periods. I hope the <laughs> listeners who gave you the bad reviews get really bad heavy flow days with clots or have wives or girlfriends with gut-wrenching cramps. Love you. I love you, and thank you for recognizing my noble humanitarian efforts in the fields of periods and um, other stuff, like periods, but mostly periods, but occasionally feces. Um, something happened, which was at Amalfi where we do live Adam Carolla shows and a couple came up to me and the guy said that he really enjoys my podcast. He's, his girlfriend got him into it. He's like, I know it's really more for chicks. And I was thinking it's weird when I hear that because I don't think of it as a podcast that is more for women. Um, but I'm wondering, is that what it telegraphs? I know that lately I have been talking a lot about periods and stuff, but I feel like, hey, that affects both sexes it affects women more but um i don't know i don't think of it as a, a female show although i love that i have female fans so gary what do you think there's a lot of pink in the logo though maybe that i don't know yeah i don't know i don't i don't think it's necessarily for girls um let's ask chris hey chris don't think you're getting out of here without talking hey hi can you hear me now yeah Chris, do you think of my show as like for chicks only? No. Do you think? Thank you. Do you think yeah. of it as? Who do you think of it for? I, I realize you're probably just saying what you think I want you to say, but I, I totally like am. that. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> I think I think it's just anyone who wants to hear a good interview. <laughs> and anyone who likes to oh listen to God, a thank pretty, you. a pretty lady talking to guests, a beautiful, beautiful All right. lady. Now you can remove your butt or your head from my butt. But I appreciate that very much. It's, that's exactly right. That was exactly right. Yeah. Chris is a straight shooter. <laughs> he really is. All right. I think we might have time for a Hey, Go Fuck Yourself too. Now, normally I do this uh, in the body of the show. And in this show, I even did it in the body of the show. But occasionally, people need to be told to, f- to go fuck themselves um, more often and now is one of those times so anyway hey hey, hey, go fuck yourself like a Ringo album 
This is like, this is from Shackwurst. This is like taking everything good out of Adam Carolla podcast and playing only that. But I give stars for guests and subtract them for the host. Allison needs to back off and focus solely on the guests. Otherwise, get it on. Here's what I had to say to you, Shackwurst. Perhaps this is not the show for you. Here's where I get loud. Perhaps this is not the show for you because I talk about myself a lot on this show. A lot. In this episode in particular, arguably too much. And by that I mean a lot. And people who listen regularly enjoy the fact that they get to know me and they're involved in things in my life. Uh, So if you're listening and you're thinking, hey, bitch, shut the fuck up. Then I think move on and listen to one of the other 200,000 billion zillion podcasts out there where people don't focus on Allison Rosen because this one does focus on Allison Rosen and also on the guests and also on Gary and also on the listeners who are nice, who I love. But you, commenter, you can go fuck yourself. And hey, also, hey, hey, go fuck yourself. That felt good. It felt good to get that off my chest. Um, so I overheard something very funny the other day, which I, I tweeted about it. But I want to tell you guys, I took Oliver, that's my puppy, to the vet for his 16-week vaccination. And I was in a little room and then a vet tech, which is weird that they're vet techs, but they don't call doctors doctor techs, medical techs. I guess there's emergency text. Anyway, leaned in and they were having a conversation with the vet. And and I am not making this up. Literally said, oh, should I knock the bitch out? <laughs> and everyone else acted like this is normal because they do speak like that, I guess. But I couldn't – I was so floored by that. Yeah, I, I, I saw your tweet. I, I'm probably the wrong person for you to be interacting with. The, I, I saw your tweet. Thought about it for a half second and went, yeah, that's the way they refer to female dogs. And the funny thing is that I was thinking, should I make a Chris Brown joke here? And then I thought, no, I can't. Oh, you should have. And yet so many people in their responses did. So here's the thing, though. Even though we refer to a dog as a bitch, I still think, should I knock the dog out sounds kind of violent. How about, should I put the dog under? Should I anesthetize the dog? Should I anesthetize the bitch? That would be the parlance I would choose. Huh. And then, speaking of weird dog things, so Oliver, that's my puppy, four months old, last night discovered humping and began humping everything, like, with a vengeance. It started with his toy, and then he was trying to have sex with me, and then he was on his back, and he began thrusting his tiny dog pelvis into the air and like stretching one leg out and he just he was on a tear he (laughs) oh god it was it was funny but I also felt like I don't want to be encouraging this but I also don't want to be making him feel shame even though I think I'm probably taking that too far but Daniel and I couldn't stop laughing we actually made a little video of it which um is maybe not not right uh but it was just so funny but yeah he was like he was humping the air and he basically was, like, stuck in thrusting pelvis mode for probably a good hour or so. And here's the weirdest part, and I'm not making this up. So I was holding him, and he was kind of, like, had his his arching his back, head as high as he could get it, looking really like it, like like he was fucking. And one leg pushed out, and then he had his paw, swear to God, touching his junk it was as i think he was masturbating but i don't know if they do that or not and i did do a search of i think my puppy is masturbating 
And then I was like afraid of what it would pull up. But it didn't pull up anything weird, but I also didn't spend a lot of time on that search. So that's what's going on. Uh, I don't think that dogs, I don't think that he's sexually mature yet, I, but I don't, but that might just be a thing that people say to excuse whatever is going on. I don't know. Um, but no, I think like, oh, it's a dominance thing or, oh, it's just a puppy thing. Whatever it is, uh, I'm a little uncomfortable with it. So I'm going to have to have a talk with him. But then today he was so sweet and not trying to have sex with anything. But maybe it's just the nighttime. I don't know. It's hard to say. But it's, it was so sudden. And, it, it, and there was such an urgency and it was so clear that like something else had taken over inside him. He was so possessed that for a second I had this crazy thought. Could it be like there's like is he having some kind of seizure or some kind of response? Like is something pressing on the something part of his brain and that's why he's all crazed? And then I thought, no, this is just probably how dogs are when they want to get it on. And how men are when they want to get it on too. That's what I was looking at. What I was watching was a crazy hormonal response. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely somewhere around 11 or 12 where immediately every guy's trying to have sex with anything he can. Yeah. So it seems, it's just seems so, reasonable. So fast. I just wasn't prepared for it. They grow up so fast. They really do. I know. Uh, I also spent some time making little photo... <laughs> Making little photo collages of Oliver as a puppy and now because I was trying to to see just how much he's grown. But anyway, uh, I want to tell you guys as a reminder that we are giving away an iPad from Citrix. And if you would like to win this iPad, tweet us with the answer to the question, if you could host a go to meeting from anywhere and why, where would it be and why? Uh, hashtag Allison Free iPad. Tweet that to A-R-I-Y-N-B-F. And there will be a cute video coming up. So this is my interview with Lake Bell. I should tell you, if you've been listening to the show regularly, there are some things that you'll hear and you'll think, what? This timeline sounds weird. And that is because, yes, this was recorded a little while ago um, and I wasn't yet engaged. And so there's some discussion of that. But um, I'm since engaged. And uh, I talked about that on the Jim Jeffries episode. And there was something else I wanted to tell you about all of that. Oh, no, it was just what I already said. Despite the Hagel fuck yourself, it was, wow, I really did talk a lot about myself in this one. So uh, you're welcome. And uh, I hope you enjoy this episode. And you can download part two on Thursday. And I love you. Gary, I feel like I'm missing something, am I? Uh, not that I can think of. I mean, oh, if, fan if you phone want call. a little bit... Yeah, I thought you were just decided not to do that. No, I just you, forgot about it. You could also tell them about PodFest. Oh, yeah, I'll tell them about PodFest while we get ready for fan phone call. Um, you know what you need? You need extra Allison Rosen is your new best friend. And you can get that. You can get a special bonus episode live from the LA Podcast Festival with Doug Benson and Greg Proops. It's $1.99, and it's available in the comedy album section of the iTunes store. And everyone who gets it and listens to it is happy they did. It's life-changing. I mean, they didn't say it was life-changing, but they just said how much they enjoyed it, and I'm assuming it is life-changing. Okay. We are going to be calling Joseph. And, but there's a song. It's as if I've never done this before. On a fan, fan phone call, Allison, what's that you want? On a 
Now we're going to be calling Joseph. Hello? Hello, is this Joseph? Yes. This is Allison from Allison Rosen is your new best friend. No way. It, it, it really is. How old are you? I'm 25. Oh, okay. You sound youthful and exuberant. I do. Well, I'm so excited that you called. <laughs> no, you st- even before you knew it was me, you sounded pretty vibrant. Oh, well, you know what? I noticed the phone number, and I had a feeling that it would be you, so I got all excited. <laughs> okay. That works for me. So what's up? Where do you live? What do you do? What's your story? Um, I am in Cyprus, and I work at Chalk Children's Hospital. Oh, what do you do there? Um, I do, like, data entry and stuff like that. Do you enjoy it? Uh, I do because I have your podcast, and I have Adam's podcast to keep me going, so that's so I guess you can say yes and no. <laughs> but that is a perfect answer. I Hello. figured. <laughs> yeah. Um, and when did you start listening to all of us? Um, well, actually, I, I, when, when I was listening to your podcast, I know that a lot of people have said that they found you through Adam. But I actually was um, – my friend got me into podcasts, and I actually was searching, and I found your podcast first. <laughs> and then – I found out that you were on Adams, and then I started listening to Adam Krola. I love that, and yeah, I've so got to tell first. Adam. <laughs> yeah. So wait, what was the first podcast you listened to? What was your gateway podcast? What do you mean from from yours? No, I mean because you said that your friend got you into podcasts. Oh yeah, she listened. She was listening to. Um, I don't remember what she was listening to. She was listening to. It was like two. It was it was two girls, and I listened to an episode, and I thought it was kind of cool. I, and I never really knew what podcasting was, I and mean, I know it was just you know interviewing people and it was talk radio. But um, once I started getting into it, I started searching and listening to certain people, and then I found yours. But I was attracted to your cute little your cute little cartoon icon. Did you know the real you know thing that. is even better? <laughs> so it was really cool. So I clicked on that, and I started listening. No, to really. That. Just oh, kidding. Yeah. Go I'm, ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm sorry. What did you say? I said, did you? <laughs> you said you were attracted to the cute little cartoon thing, and I said, did you know the real thing is even better? And then you kept answering an earlier question, and then I said, no, really. Oh, and then I'm I said, sorry. just kidding. But then you wanted to know what I said, and that's what's happening right now. <laughs> well, I'm sure the real thing's better. Um, I, I've been wanting to go to uh, Adam's live podcast just to see you, but um, I've missed your the, the couple of live podcasts that you've had. So well, I'm bummed about that. So when are you going to have live ones soon? We have them all the time, actually. We're in Irvine oh. this week, yes. and we're at Amalfi next week. Oh, oh, oh hi, hi, Gary. Sorry. This oh, hey, what's you. up, man? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, but you know what? Uh, no, there is no you know what. Um, okay, I have a question now. You're doing data entry and you're listening to podcasts. Yes. Does that not affect the entering of the data? Because I would be distracted and I would start writing what I hear, although I don't want to discourage you from listening at all. <laughs> well, you know what? It does kind of, you know what? I wouldn't say that it distracts me in a negative way, but I do kind of write down, you know, um, when, I, when, when I listen to your, to your guests, I'll write down their names and I'll write down, you know, when you were 
you know, talking about Sherry's berries and stuff like that. I'll write all these little things down and then I'll go visit them and try to help out the show and listen to all your, you know, all your guests. So I love Look that. At Joseph killing it. <laughs> you I are like the best. Yeah, I know. We love you. Oh, well, thank you. I love you guys. <laughs> we love you more. Oh, well, thank you. You know, I actually felt that I was kind of a crazy fan because I would, I would, um, in, I would email you guys with my phone number and I go, well, I really want them to call me, but I wonder if I emailed them too much. They would just think I was crazy. <laughs> no, well, it, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a tip. Uh, more than once, not necessary, but keeps reminding producer Gary. So, right. Yeah, awesome. I guess that's good, actually. Well, see, I haven't actually seen the emails. Was there other, were there words surrounding the phone number, or was it just the number? What kind of no, tips should we give there, the there other there people? There were words. There were definitely words. I just said, hi, I'm a big fan. Uh, this is my phone number for a fan phone call. Please call me. <laughs> and I tried to make it different every time because I didn't want, you know, I didn't want it to sound like a, you know, like a repeat. Okay. Like I just cut and pasted. <laughs> so, Gary, is that what we're recommending to people? Well, flood us because <laughs> I think I'm going to regret this. Um, no, I mean, <laughs> listen, I, I go through and I look for fan phone calls and I kind of start from the top and look for the more recent ones. Um, but if people, you know, send in, if I recognize a name that I've seen more than once, I'll tend to, you know, I know people, I know they're serious and they're probably going to yeah. pick up and they're going to play ball. So, yeah. So basically get a, get in our face, you guys. <laughs> Get in Gary's face. Well, Joseph, you're delightful. Thank you for being Thank top you. five You're best fan phone calls ever. Thank you so much. Well, I love what you guys do, and um, I'm always on Amazon, so I'm going to help out as much as I can. Well, thank you, man. Thank you for supporting our sponsors. Love you. Thank like, you. Seriously, yeah. everything no you're love doing you is – this is what we hope every fan will do. That's right. Let everyone I take a you. lesson from Joseph. <laughs> All right. Have a good night. You too. Thank you for calling, guys. Oh, sure. Bye. 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 He was fun. Yeah. And he, he was nice. Yeah. And he sounded so young. What is that? I don't know, but I agreed with you. Have you noticed when you talk to someone who's older, though, you can definitely tell. And when you talk to someone who's young, you can definitely tell. And there's people who have those voices where they sound young, but they're older than that. At what point does it switch, though? Like, when do you begin sounding old? It's got to be a gradual thing. Or maybe it's overnight, like Oliver and the sex. Yeah, I don't know. I, I've often wondered... Because you can tell when you're talking to a child. But see, then again, I, but I don't know. I wonder if it, if it was just the fact that it said Glendale on his phone when we called and he did know it was you because I was listening back to the last episode of your show and the topper that you went rogue and did <laughs> and I don't sound like me. Because as soon as I knew it was fan phone call and it was going yeah. to the show, I got very like, hey, how's it going? Like, I know. I noticed. And that's just, I don't know, kind of my natural instinct because I wasn't looking at you. It was, right. it was unusual. Yeah. I wanted to make sure I brought it. <laughs> on that note uh well i already said this before but here it comes part one of the lake bell episode i love you Hey everyone, hi, hello, it's me, Allison Rosen, and welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Gary, could you start the clock? Hi, Lake Bell. Lake Bell is my guest hi. today. Lake Bell, actress, writer, director, um, 
automotive reporter. Sure. Yes. Yeah, we can say, we can say that. And I mean, yeah. do you have other labels? Um, you know, past limbo champion. I mean, when I was 10. Mm-hmm. Did, those, did those you get are, too tall to be able to fully I got a little too it? tall. Yeah, I got too tall. And all of a sudden, you know, I feel like my limberness kind of waned. And right. also, I, I actually was on hiatus from it because obviously that's something you might do more when you're around the 10 to 12. Mm-hmm. And then you have less opportunities to limbo. You got to make them. God, do you ever? <laughs> and, and if you don't, you get out of practice. It's like a language. Right. You know? See, I remember on the playground at around maybe like the six to nine zone okay. when kids were bragging about being able to do the splits. And there are two kinds of splits. There were, I feel like it was the, it was called like the Russian splits. And, and then the, the, yes. So the, you mean two legs out right. versus scissor out, scissor yes. front and back. And I would be like, Look, I can do this. <laughs> and basically, I would just I would be like either a triangle face to the side or a triangle face front. Like I could I could not my legs wouldn't so go that you could not, not at all. By the way, neither could I. Really? I you know what else I couldn't do? A cartwheel. Oh, okay. I could do you can do a cartwheel? Not well. Right. I couldn't get my I was you a, did I was one a of those, chunky those, little like, kid. Yeah. I uh, couldn't. Yes, like there's actually a scene in the movie Grease. Where, uh, yes. Do you remember this scene? Someone does a cartwheel and it's the worst cartwheel. And I think, how did that make that into it? I think she's supposed to be a cheerleader. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. It's like, she's it's a, of... yeah, her legs just kind of lift like... off the ground just a tiny. It's like. Were you hard on her? Were you hard on her when you watched that? Because, I mean, of all people who should not be hard on her. I know. Her, it's like that like, thing. It's, I, I know. I know. It's like cartwheelophobia. Like, wow. I, hated, I hated it too much right. that it indicated my own lack and of insecurity. tumbling. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. So what are you working on these days? Yeah, let's like somersault into the next uh, <laughs> nice. segue. Nice. Um, I'm, I'm, well, I'm headed, I'm, what I'm excited about is that I'm heading to Sundance with my, my first feature, mm-hmm. which is In a world? In a world um, is what it's called. And it is about the voiceover industry and a father-daughter competition in it because I play the uh, this like kind of two-bit female vocal coach who – you know, aspires to be one of the great voiceover artists and um, to say the words in a world one day. But her dad is actually the patriarch of the business and the guy who really says it. So mm-hmm. they they get into this interesting kind of um, sort of neo-feminist issue of why aren't women voices omniscient? Um, mm-hmm. But it's not really heavy-handed because it's a comedy and it's, you know, hilarity ensues and it's family dysfunction and the greatest cast ever, Rob Corddry. Um, Michaela Watkins, Fred Melamed, Dimitri Martin, Nick Offerman, Tig Notaro. I mean, it's 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 awesome. So. Mm-hmm. And you wrote uh, and directed it. Wrote, directed, it, and starred in it. Wow! So, and produced Someone it. Someone loves themselves. So. Uh, I know. I know. Well, it's funny because <laughs> there's um, this sense of you know I definitely didn't make a vanity piece in mm-hmm. the sense that I look like fucking shit in the movie. So. Um, uh, it's definitely a labor of love, and I can't even act like I'm not totally proud of me and my team. But it is—it's totally a, a machine that ends up making it. You know, it's assembly of all these people who make a movie. It's not mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm—I didn't do it by myself. You know, it's just I happen to wor- have worn a lot of hats on it. How how do you act in something and direct it at the same time? Honestly, it's just preparation. I'm. I've always been an avid prepper, you know, even in school. I just like – I like lists. I like 
doing my homework. I don't necessarily always like the homework. If I didn't like the homework, I'd suck at it. But if I like the homework, then I'd always excel, um, mm-hmm. which I think a lot of people are like that. But, um, you know, even as an actor, I always like to come very, very prepared or else I feel insecure and I and I can't perform and I can't do things, you know. So um, with this, I was very vigilant to protect myself in that way. So I met with a an acting coach treated the script like it wasn't mine. I'd never read it, never, you know, um, uh, never written it or read it. You know, just I really treated it like something else and then um, took all that and um, had a little acting buddy on on set, which was my friend Janixa, who's also a, an aspiring filmmaker herself. And so she became kind of my acting buddy and was there with all the acting coaching sessions. So mm-hmm. she would be like – hey, you know, don't do that stupid thing with your eye thing. Remember you told me to remind you about that and um, stop furrowing your brow and remember what you were trying to intend in this scene and, you know, those kinds of things when I need check-in after I'd, I'd just, you know. So she was almost like a director of sorts to you? She was – I call her my acting buddy because obviously the reason why she's there is to just look at me and my performance. Mm-hmm. I It was my responsibility to look at – everybody else's performance as well as why is that red can of paint right there? I think it'd be better if it was a green or maybe in the foreground. Can we get some crosses? And also can we have – can we make sure that this framing is a little more interesting with the tableau and then find, you know, starting from A and getting to the B and can we throw this on a 35 because I think we need to, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was like all those other things needed to happen so that she just was someone I could look to like a security blanket to be like what – what was the thing in the scene again if I needed it? And right. sometimes it was just nice to have her there. Is you there know? actually a thing you do with your eye? Because, yeah, there's a furrow of a brow. It's really bad. Um, <laughs> but also it's like, mind you, I wrote it. So I do know – I mean I had the advantage of knowing that character really fucking well. You know? Right. I mean I wrote it for myself. Right. So While you're doing a scene that you're in, would you also be giving direction to the person you're doing it with? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. You got to – it's a weird – out of body in in body experience, mm-hmm. where the second you call, you can call cut in the middle. It's a, what at f- the first day was a little bit um, challenging, and then and then it's just there's no time to 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 have a problem with it. <laughs> Is it weird at all to go back to not having that kind of control? It's actually nice. <laughs> it's very. It feels really nice. I just directed um, uh, the first uh, sort of director's block. These two episodes of Children's Hospital. Um, which is a show that I love and mm-hmm. it's like uh, family to me at this point. Um, and this is my second time directing um, there because uh, I directed last year as well. And it was just really nice to just direct people that I find utterly talented and wonderful. And it's not material I wrote. It's something I have to interpret, you know, and and, and the imagination on that show is so sort of absurd and um, loose. And it's it was – it was it was great. I mean, I was in the, some of the episodes, but it, in the episodes that I was directing, but very very little. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I've heard you say that you were obsessed or are obsessed with the voiceover world. Just to go back to inner world for yeah, a yeah. little while. Um, can you talk more about that? Yeah, I always thought that I was going to. You know, I, I went to drama school in England. I always knew I was going to be an actor, but you know, I just really you know, got turned on by the idea of radio and and voiceover because you can be anything. You you know, you could be of a, a multitude of, you know, social niveaus to, to backgrounds to races and everything. You know, you could be a million different things, um, ages and everything. So because I always loved accents and things like that. So when I went to school in England, we had a whole radio 
uh, semester where – because in England, it's like, oh, it's still like a thriving thing. It's mm-hmm. not like <laughs> radio plays. <laughs> There's actually radio plays. So um, – uh, so anyway, I got a demo and I, you know, came out to L.A. and I was like, I'm not going to need to be a, you know, a waitress. I'm going to just go straight to voiceover. Everybody says that's so much money. And, the, mm-hmm. you know, so obviously uh, I became a waitress. But um, <laughs> because it's a very, very um, tight knit group of people who get to do that. Yeah. It's, and, and it's the yeah. same – my sense is it's the same people repeatedly, right? Exactly. It's hard to it's break into it. sort of a click, yeah. And and rightfully so because they're like, we're good at it and we worked hard to get here. You can't just like roll in mm-hmm. with like you know a couple British accents and the like <laughs> and then decide that you're going to be a voiceover star now. Um, so yeah, I think I was also interested in the idea of that click, you know, the kind of hierarchy within – who gets to do what, mm-hmm. you know, like the movie trailer voiceover guys versus like, you know, there are very little women who do that. But then there's virt- almost nil. Um, and why is that? And then there's, you know, the the character, actor, mm-hmm. sound people, you know, it's just there's a myriad of different um, sections. And I thought it was always really interesting. Why is that? You mean the lady thing? Yeah. What, um, what do you think about that? I mean, you, OK, yeah, you strike me as someone who. Tell me if I'm correct. Um, maybe it never occurred to you that there are certain things you can't do because you're female. Which because that's how what I think. That's how I feel. Like I had kind of more of a dominant father than mother, and I just never really growing up. I I don't know that I was really socialized as a female. Not like I was a, a dude. I don't mean that. I don't mean no. I was masculine. But I just mean it never really occurred to me. That to a lot of other people, there are these limitations. You know, I always felt like I could just be whatever I want to be. Yeah, I think that, ta- you know, obviously like support it, you know, your your parents supported you, you know, and so therefore you feel like you can do anything regardless. Yeah. I I do relate to that. My mom was really supportive actually um, in the sense of, you know, anything I wrote, if I ever wrote, she always was like absolutely, you know, write and pl- be playful and be creative and – um, I just never – I have an older brother. I have two – well, I have three older brothers and then two little sisters. So I grew up with the three older brothers. And um, yeah, I did – I definitely connected. I definitely have a little bit of that like little sister to big older brother thing, you know. <laughs> Not that I was like, you know, wearing overalls every day and, you know, playing with cars. But I mean I do like cars and, you know, I do own overalls, you know. So the point is – uh, I am with you on that. I feel like I didn't know that you couldn't do certain things. And I fr- frankly, you know, people, especially this year in Sundance, there are a record amount of female directors. And uh, it's literally half in competition. So out of, all the, out of 16 competition directors, eight of them are women. And the story, the stories that, you know, what I keep I'm getting asked about is the fact, what's it like, you know, to be a part of this historic thing? And mm-hmm. And part of me is excited for that to just not be a story anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just I don't find it that um, bizarre. I'm just kind of like that's just how it rolled out this year, mm-hmm. you know, and then maybe next year not so much because I guess at Con there was like no female directors and it was there was a controversy about it. But um, so I don't know. I guess mm, I'm sort of in the middle of – of, you know, I don't really. I, I'm not. I'm not 
I'm more interested in the idea of like, let's talk about the movies, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was on this panel. Um, it was like women in comedy. Uh, I think it was women. In, yeah, it was women in comedy. But and there was this question of like, there, was a, there were a lot of questions on the panel, like, you know, what's the experience? What is it like? And why are there this many? And blah, blah, blah. And the funny thing is that it was hard for all of us to answer any of those questions, I think, because I feel like a lot of times that's not like you don't wake up one day and say, I want to be a woman in comedy or I want to be, you know, it doesn't it doesn't come from that. It comes from just wanting to do the thing that you end up doing. Exactly. Um, But but this idea of why isn't the female voice? Why can't that one be omniscient? That's so interesting. It is interesting. I think there's something about (laughs) I don't think it's that crazy to think that for whatever reason, there might be something just more assertive mm-hmm. about a, a deeper register, you know, and something like fatherly or when we think of God, often we think of a, a man, you yeah. know. And, you know, I guess I'm not that offended by that where, you know, it makes – and on, honestly, uh, technically – a male voice can cut, you know, if that certain type of male voice can cut through a lot of action and things that are going on in a right, trailer. Right, are in the higher yeah. registers. So if you know, in a world, you know, might be able to cut through more, yeah. you know, and that's why they say like Don LaFontaine, who was the king of voice, or, uh, the king of in a world, and he actually passed away and coined that phrase, though. He's in the he's his he's referenced in the movie quite a bit. Um, he was very famous for not having to push very much at all. But his voice was just such that it could just cut through. Mm-hmm. And maybe a female voice is of a register that traditionally cannot cut through, just technically can't right. cut through as, as well. In the movie, though, um, does your character have a problem with the fact that it is a male voice or that it's her father's voice? Um, no, no, is it, that part of it? Or um, Yeah. I mean they basically – her dad is <laughs> – her name's Carol. Carol's dad is like the guy who took over Don LaFontaine's role. And so he kind of has a chip on his shoulder. The fact that he's like not the guy. He's mm-hmm. just the guy who filled in. Um, so he takes it very seriously and is very prideful of it. So when it all of a sudden comes about that his daughter is the one that's going to get to resurrect the in a world uh, phrase um, in this big epic quadrilogy that's coming out, <laughs> it becomes uh, a huge source of insecurity for him. And then he sort of tries to sabotage that for her. So they become – they're uh, sort of this – Rivals? Uh-huh. Um, and how much is she – Oh, and, and also the rival – there is an actual like uh, wonderkind of the, of the industry played by Ken Marino, who I forgot to mention before. I love him. And Marino kind of – he plays the guy who's being – you know who's the the star voiceover guy who's clearly going to take over for for Don or for um, Fred Melamed, you know my father's character. So so then they you know then my character and his character have some you know sexual weirdness too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, is it is it satire? Um, yeah, I mean it's totally comedy. It's not. Um, I mean it's it's got a lot of heart and it's very sweet. And at the end of the day, it is sort of centered around a family and going through those sort of interpersonal relationships. But it's in this world of world of, <laughs> um, you know, of, of voiceover. And it's ultimately just taking the inconsequential very, very seriously. Mm-hmm. So in that way, it's, you know, 
And how much is your character like you? Like how much are you and your character similar? Because Carol – isn't your middle name Caroline? Caroline. Um, Caroline one of my, I have two middle names. Yeah, Caroline and Siegel. Um, but she's not – I have to say I – you know, I – She's part of me, but it's the sort of neurotic, perhaps, you know, underachieving part of me that I don't connect to as much, you know, where things, you know, I think I like the idea of this person who's very neurotic and supportive of her dad all of a sudden coming, you know, that's kind of the only person she has in the world and her older sister who's very fiery and kind of like a mess. Um, Who plays her? um, Michaela Watkins. And she's married to the Rob Cordry, and um, so anyway, she she Carol has to kind of, you know, build some muscle and kind of uh, go against her father, who's someone that she looks up to normally. So, is um, there? Oh, no, sorry, go ahead. No, I was gonna say. I mean, my dad and I, you know, <laughs> have a good really have a great relationship now. You know, um, uh, and I think uh, he's been <laughs> very understanding and letting me kind of therapeutically you know, work out some stuff to – and certainly this screenplay helped me, you know, figure some things out. <laughs> what is your relationship with your dad like? And what – your dad is a – like a real estate mogul who owns a racetrack, is that right? He, own, he owns race car tracks, yeah. I okay. mean he, he used to own commercial real estate and develop it and um, so he is a creative in that way as a businessman where he, you know, thinks about spaces and creates them and um, and now he – he sort of graduated to combine his two passions of of um, amateur motor racing and and collecting cars, vintage cars. That um, he he bought race car tracks and 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 runs them. Uh, but you know he's getting older now and he's relaxing with the with, with the racing now. But it's been uh, you know we we have a great relationship now for sure. And I think as now that I started writing. <laughs> Um, about cars, I think that was a huge source of, of uh, that was a huge bond for us. Um, what was it like growing up? He well, I grew up in New York City, um, Upper East Side, and then um, my mom moved to uh, Vero Beach, Florida. Uh, so they 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 were divorced, but they'd been divorced since I was like two. And um, they, yeah, it was always interesting. I think flying back and forth, I would fly back every other. Literally every other weekend, that was the thing. And so I was an unaccompanied minor, you know, and that's mm-hmm. my first voiceover gig was when I was like 11. Oh, wow. Yeah, because, you know, the girls who get on the, the PA system, you know, because I was like such a regular, mm-hmm. I was like, all I want to do is do that little announcement that you say. <laughs> like, could I just do that? Because I'm seeing you guys. Do- and so totally, I got to, I was like, I had my friends there, the the, stu- the stewardesses, and I could be like, hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to, you know, whatever, oh, so Melbourne flight 407, you know. <laughs> um, and so I remember people thinking it was so cute. I was like, excuse me, this is my first gig. This is not cute, okay? <laughs> right. Like, I'm taking yeah. this very seriously, and I happen to be very good at it. So I don't know what everyone's laughing at. So you wanted to do VO at that age? I mean, at that age, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I was a little, like, precocious, I want to be an actress kind of girl. But, yeah. um, but you know, I looked for opportunities. I was looking for opportunities. <laughs> right? very like me, really, uh, to be like, listen, I'm just going to pitch this to you, okay? <laughs> I don't know if you're going to say yes to it, but um, let's give this a go. Um, and, so were you yeah. living in Florida and you'd fly back to New York? Yeah. And okay. then I went to boarding school at 14 and, and then I was like kind of – What boarding school did you go to uh, West, or where? Westminster in, in 
Simsbury, Connecticut. I was a huge Facts of Life fan, so I really wanted to go to a boarding school. I didn't end up going, right? And I actually probably would have hated it. Um, it was cool, really. Maybe yeah. I would have liked it. I think you'd like it because mm. you remember that whole thing you were saying how you felt like you could totally do stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was like that because my brothers went to boarding school, so I was like, oh, that's what people do. You know? Did you get homesick at all, though? I, I, I mean, I guess for which home? Yeah, I mean, I think not really because we moved to Florida and I was like, I like Florida, but like that's still kind of new. So I was like, all right, this is great. I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always going places, you know, leaving, you know, at 13, I went and like au pair in France with wow. this like, family by myself. Yeah. Wow. What was that like? That was great. I just, that was very typical of that made sense to me for always just to kind of be like, hey, can I go? Can I go leave and do something? <laughs> and mom having to kind of reconcile that. But do you ever think a thing that I think now, which is I can't believe my parents left me with an 11 or 12 year old babysitter. Like they feel like that person needs a babysitter. Absolutely. I don't know how I was a 13 year old watching like four French kids, like small, like picking up stuff and like putting it in, you know, like a two year old. Mm-hmm. I remember being like, don't do that. And I was like, I'm French. I don't understand what you're saying. You know, like. <laughs> language barriers. Yeah. Did you speak did you learn to speak? French? I eventually did, yeah. Mm-hmm. I lived in, in France when I was like sixteen. So later on, mm-hmm. years later I ended up um, you know, speaking the you know, that's French. <laughs> the language of love. Yeah, that that's that's really sexy. And also that that's French for which is Oh, so it's a cognate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Teach me more French. Listen, we got all day. <laughs> um what do you want to learn how to say? Um what's something simple so I can succeed? Um, oh, Alison Rosen is your new best friend. Okay. Um, I'll, I have to do the accent. Okay. Alison Rosen is – wait, what is it? Is su, uh, meilleur ami. Oh, I like it's it. It's meilleur ami. That's great. Meilleur ami. That's I'm going to have – yeah. That can be the announcement when this podcast goes global. Uh, Alison Rosen, meilleur ami. Um, okay. So you went to boarding school at 16. Yeah. And then – well, so – but – I think all of this was coming out of my asking what was your relationship with your dad like growing up? Because I know that my – like I had a very contentious relationship with my father growing up I think because I would watch my mom never really stand up to him and my sister also just avoided arguments with him and I'd be like, I'm not going to be like that. So I would would – yell right back and then and I I hate conflict and I hate, I hate all of that. Yeah. yeah, I hate it too, but he was kind of the one person where I'd be like, "Hey, like I wanted the last word kind." Of. I don't know. I had like a weird Are they together? Were they together? Yeah, uh... they're they're together. Um yeah, I have a weird sort of I'm overly dependent on his approval, but I also get there's I don't know. I have a dysfunction. I have dysfunctional relationships with, with everyone as well. I, I I relate to and I'm thankful for those dysfunctions as I grew up because I do feel like I am obsessed with the human condition and now you know consequently because of it. Um, but definitely, my dad. I didn't know him as well mm-hmm. because I just wasn't. You know, it was like a divorced family. It wasn't like his fault or anything. But I think um, I just. You know, yeah. he he ha- he married my stepmother, who's great, and you know they had their life, and she was a lot younger, and you know they were How kind of this younger? hot hot couple. Um, she well, my when my dad married my mom, he was thirty seven and she was nineteen, and then um, my dad was forty seven and my stepmother was twenty two. 
My parents are 16 years apart, yeah. and it's my dad's second marriage. So. Yeah, so, you know, same. it's the same thing. Um, but it's it's great, and they're still together, you know, so it's like they've had a very successful – they have a very successful long relationship. Um, so good on him and, and them, but I – which I always have to sort of give them credit for that because often I would say, you know, there's a lot of divorce in my family. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think one day he just was like, hey, you know what, like we've been doing pretty good and – um, and that is fair. But uh, but yeah, I just – I didn't – I wasn't around him as much because the, it was like – there was like the kind of um, setup where you would go to this – you go to dad's house for Tuesdays and Thursday dinners, you know, and, and that was kind of it. And then when we moved to Florida, it was like fly back for those weekends. And, you know, they're just kind of quick pops of, you know – I, you know, I'm pops huh. um, <laughs> of doing pops, pops um, right. of kind of responsibly putting in time. But, you know, I think as a kid, you're like, oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know. So I got to know him a little bit later in life for sure. I mean, he was always around, but I'm just if I'm honest, it's like, right. I, you know, we've become father daughter properly in the past couple of years. And what was your relationship with your mom like growing up? Mom's amazing. Like we were very tight she's definitely my biggest supporter and fan and um and I'm a huge fan of hers as well in terms of her creativity and she's a huge inspiration in that way and and her generosity and her ability to um you know I think communication has always been an interesting thing where um I've seen her evolve in that and so I'm that's inspiring is to see your parents um learn how to evolve and you're like wow you really changed at this age how did she do it how did she change i think if you you know allow yourself to finally be faulted you know like that type of thing Mm -hmm. to to allow yourself to really fall and fuck up you know and then then that's where i feel like the evolution you know is bred out of you know, darkness. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, allowing yourself to hit dark moments. And before I think she was just very like proper and perfection and uh, always, always creative, always generous, but just um, falling prey to perfection, I think. Mm-hmm. And it, then is that something you struggle with? You, you mean the perfection thing? Yeah. Uh, y- yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think it's great being in a relationship right now where it's very, it's very, and all you know, it's. I think you end up in your perfect relationship after all kinds of shades of bad relationships to pretty good. You know, like sometimes mm-hmm. it's not just all the bad ones that deliver you to you know your your soulmate or whatever it is. I think um, I had really nice relationships too that were almost there. You know, in terms of here, here, here. Here's a lesson in in what's really lovely about being in a union with someone and then, you know, uh, being able to apply all those, you know, learning from all the bad and the good in order to to um, be in a good relationship. Wait, I, I derailed there. You were asking me about mom, though. I was asking about perfectionism. Oh, perfectionism. Yeah. And so it's nice to be in a relationship with my honey right now who, you know, is very comfortable in um, figuring it out. You know, ah, don't worry, we'll figure it out. That mm-hmm. kind of thing is is not my natural default, 
But because I love him and I trust him, I, I do – I've learned a lot to kind of say, just relax. And, you know, we, we will figure it out. Are, now, when you're talking about figuring out, are you talking about figuring out thorny interpersonal things or just – or work stuff or everything? But everything because for me, I would like to talk about everything, you know, and – Me too. Yeah. It's exhausting. It is exhausting. <laughs> it is exhausting. But – it's really a beautiful thing to – but because I always was concerned. My mom's sort of waspy and, and I, I didn't like the idea of not talking. Mm-hmm. So is I was like – Your mom tends towards the not talking. Right. And then right. my dad is Jewish but I never I never got to be around him enough to like get on to that whole like fun Jewish thing of talking about everything, <laughs> which I always liked the idea of. So I was like, want some of that? Can mm-hmm. we get some Judaism in here? You know, just culturally. So I took that on big time and right. and I love therapy. I like because it's it's for me it's fodder for writing and for thinking, you know. And um and I use myself as an experiment and a, and a, and and a you know, a specimen all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's nice to be with someone who I think allows things to just happen, whether it's small things or thorny things, you know. And you know, I'm sure it's hard, but nice for him to be with someone who challenges him a little bit more and say, "Hey, you know what? Let, let's talk about stuff." Mm-hmm. You know, but same with with my dad. You know, for sure, because now I'll be like, you know, I talk to my dad, and I'm like, "Let's talk about this." You mm-hmm. know, um, how did you meet your fiance? Uh, we met on a sh- my, the show How to Make It in America that I did for HBO, and it my character. Got it. Gets a tattoo, and on the show they had been very um, staunch that all characters, if they were going to be real, you know, if it was a real thing like a designer or this or that or a tattoo artist, that they'd get the real guy or the real gal. So <clears throat> Scott Campbell, who is an incredible, famous tattoo artist, they were like, and he's like kind of Brooklyn mm-hmm. guy, right? He's the guy you'd go to. Um, they were like, let's get that guy. Let's just get him versus hiring an actor to play someone like him, you know. So he almost didn't do it, but he was like, all right, I guess I'll do this thing. And uh, he came on the show and my my character got a pancake tattoo. And that's where we first met. I mean, he was dating someone else at the time. So obviously it was just like me being more gaga over him and then him being totally gentlemanly and brushing me off. <laughs> um, but but uh, But yeah, that's where we met technically. Well, so then what happened? <laughs> <laughs> um, then, then sort of, you know, months and months passed and, and um, we – he uh, – yeah, I guess we emailed about something. I, I, he sort of emailed out of the blue kind of um, after clearly he was not with uh-huh. that other person and um, – because uh, he's from the south. He's a gentleman. You know what I mean? Um, and and the, it, the rest is history. I mean we met up and it was mm-hmm. – it was Dunzo. Dunzo Supremo. And I remember um, when I first met you on the Adam Carolla show and I was admiring your ring, which I, I'm still admiring. It's it's right in front of me and it's beautiful. <laughs> um, I remember you saying that you – it was like a new thing for you because you didn't even think you were going to be the kind of person who was going to get married, right? Yeah. I mean I think y- – <laughs> it's so funny because Scott had always um, – you know, he had seen – interviews that I had done that basically of me saying, I don't believe in the institution of marriage. I think it's antiquated. You said, quote, my parents taught me to not get married. <laughs> <laughs> and my parents love that too. Um, <laughs> they're like, fuck you. Like, um, no, I think 
I still share the idea, which is obviously what I learned is that um, – and I'm actually writing about this right now um, in my next project. But the idea that you know, marriage itself as this union, as this contract perhaps is a bit antiquated. I mean we do live longer. We do live differently. It was something that was implemented so long ago that it can't even be accounted for with how much change has gone on. You know, so naturally, it's it had the actual institution of marriage has to evolve with it. Um, that said, I knew and like every sort of anti-romantic, I was always hoping to be proved vastly wrong, mm-hmm. and that you would just know one day. And that was always my private dream, you know, because, for instance, my grandparents, Calvin and Ina, you know, they were together forever. And Cal and Ina, like, they finished each other's sentences, and they're the greatest. And I love those names. They're hilarious people. And Calvin's no longer with us, but um, he was awesome. And, you know, it was them against the world, and they met each other, and it was, it was on, you know. Um, and I always dreamed of that, but I never would admit that. So... Um, was it a, kind of a defensive yeah. pose? I think it's like when you're in when you're in a family where there are a handful of desert, divorce, desserts as well. <laughs> when then, <laughs> when there's dessert, delicious desserts and divorce. <laughs> um, when there's delicious divorces everywhere, and um, you know, you just naturally kind of are like, well, maybe this is not the greatest institution. Yeah. If you're with, if you love someone. Love the one you're with. Be with them, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, and especially if you've been personally hurt by the divorce of other people. I mean, right. You didn't, weren't just seeing it in other people. It was your parents, so it was affecting – Totally. Was, I mean, it launched you into a VO career early. But Exactly. Um, but you also – you know, you'd also look at your pals. You'd hear – like you even, you know, in sitcoms, it was always like once you get married, everything's fucked. Mm. That Period. is that is a sitcom theme, yeah. It's just that's it's like oh the old ball and shit. I mean like everything from like you know um, you know Archie you know <laughs> all the way to you know everybody loves Raymond. You know mm-hmm. it's just it's always just I mean everyone they have a great banter, but still kind of like oh you know right oh my wife or and I hated the idea Stifling. of someone saying oh my wife like, yeah like the old ball and chain that yeah. Thing. Nag, nag, nag. I mean, not that you know. Then you, then I'd become overly in in relationships. I'd make sure to not nag at all. You know, like not ask for anything. Yes. I went. I'm yes. Like I was. I decided I'm going to be the the girl who's always cool with cool. everything, which means I'll never ask for it. Like you, you want to sleep with someone else? <laughs> oh, that's yeah. great. Totally, totally. No, I'm not yeah. going to bug She's you about hot. that. She's hot. Go <laughs> sleep with her. You know, I agree with you. I yeah. I did that in one relationship. Where I was just like. Oh, I took on the cool thing so much. I just mm-hmm. was like, fucking, yeah, like, check out her tits. Like, <laughs> literally, like, helping him out right. to find like co- Like, colluding yeah. in the mistreatment of you. Mm-hmm. That's And then here's the thing, though, that I realized. It's like, but guys don't really appreciate that, actually. No, not at all, not at all. They, they, they It'll eventually want, derail. Right, and then they'll end up with someone who does ask for things. Yeah, exactly, because, you know... It, it's kind of – you guys are kind of – if you're on a team, you don't 
it's like out of respect for yourself. He's not going to respect you if you don't respect right, yourself. Right. You know what I mean? So you yeah, because wanna... it's not coming from an authentic place. Well, for me, it wasn't coming from an authentic place. It's coming no. from a fear-based. It's fear-based Let survival. me stick around. I'll show you how much I'm not in the way yes. of you doing <laughs> survival. How sad. It's yeah. sad, but it's like nice that that's in the past. Yeah. 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 Um, but, you know, I think, um, yeah, that was, an, that, that was an important lesson for sure. <laughs> um but it, see, I that for me came from, for lack of a better word, low self-esteem. Is that something you were struggling with? Or? I, th- I think it comes from a place of I, – I think it can be – it obviously is a low self-esteem in that juncture. But I think I got into it mainly because of the nature of that relationship. Like that – the way that those two people, meaning me and that other person, mm-hmm. the way they related to each other, that is – how that chemistry worked Mm -hmm. because I always think of relationships as you know each person is is like a is a different chemical on the periodic table and you can be you know hydrogen if you're hydrogen you know with oxygen makes water and it's lovely but with something else it makes acid and can kill so it's you know anytime I think of, you know, past relationships or my friends who are like, this guy's an asshole. I don't even know what is going on. He's been so bad and he's like totally been an asshole. That guy will eventually be – that hydrogen will be with something else and Mm. be fine and great and flourish. And she too will be with someone else who flourishes. It's like – it's not that everybody's an asshole or a Mm -hmm. bitch or, you know, like – She's crazy. It's she's crazy with you. You know, yeah. it's like or he's Well, crazy. and that same friend will end up for a while might end up with another guy and then it's like he's such an asshole and then another one, he's such an asshole, another one, he's such an asshole and then you think is she drawing assholes to her or is she is there something about their union that she's kind of calling that behavior? I think I think at least for ladies, I think that we have to go through the phase of drawing assholes to us. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of part of the, you know, it's like I think of my little sisters and we talk about relationships a lot and, um, you know, I think they've actually been pretty damn good. I've been impressed with their records. Um, but, you know, I'm always like, God, you're going to you're going to have to do that asshole phase. <laughs> when are you going to fit that in? I mean, you better get on Right. It. Right. Yeah. Um, it's got to come out somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I um And guys go through a like kind of, you know, crazy, crazy like sexy, crazy girls. You know, it's like. She's fucking crazy, but we the sex is awesome, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever it is, and you know, and then like they gotta fade it out because she's like fucking crazy for now, real. Can you identify that crazy, sexy thing that some women have? Because I have a friend, um, and a, my, one of my uh, guy friends met her and like instantly had instantly got that vibe. From her, which is what the vibe that most guys get from her, and I, it's probably true, but I don't see it. Like, was he I attracted to it though? Was he, he like, I want to hit that? Yes, but he knew better than to follow that. And right. I was like, that in and of itself, how do you have that wisdom? Because it took me forever, and it's still a struggle to not give in to what I want to do. Because I went through years of being attracted to the wrong kind of guy, and instead of being like, this guy has all those qualities that I know make this destructive for me. So I'm just going to walk away. I'd be like, but I have to make sure that I'm right. Well, I mean, is he old? Like he's probably coming at it from – Yeah. You had to go through that. You went through that when when you were super young. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. He was – he's coming at it from upstairs looking downstairs. But I think that that he also is a little – was a little less um, 
kind of uh, enthrall of his own demons, you know. Like he he's more on top. Well, actually, then after that, he did say, date someone who was super crazy. Right. So perhaps See, I'm he's wrong. still working on it. Yeah. She just wasn't hot enough to go for the crazy. Like it just wasn't. I enough, guess right. You know? The wrong ratio. But see, I I guess what I'm saying is I can't even identify. Like in it, oh, I don't even see what they're talking about. Are you in a? Yeah, like, I'm in a, relationship? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you don't have to deal with it anymore. Oh right, right. Yeah. I'm no. I'm just asking if can this crazy sexy thing that that men see in certain women. Do you know what that looks like? If you, if you had to play that, could you? Oh, you yeah, have before, right? For sure. I think that there's this, you know, it's volatile and I think you can only play it to a certain, like, I think there is kind of an age limit to it because, you know, a friend of mine who's a novelist, she always says like, you know, this girl, Carol Wolper, who I love, she she always references that, you know, guys are in love with these you know, sexy, crazy, tornado kind of train wreck women. Um, they're like, I mean, she drives me crazy, but I just, I, I'm, I'm obsessed with her, you know. And then the second they hit like a certain age, it's not like cute anymore, mm-hmm. and it's just like you fucking bad shit, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like, and and then it's like drop them, you know. And she, she always, I mean, it's a little harsh what she's saying, but I think there is a sense that they're like. Girl, you better get your shit together at a certain point and you can only get away with the like naughty, crazy, sexy thing for so long Mm -hmm. because – you know, to play games like that, it's just tiresome. You know, it's like yeah. There's a lot of pretty girls. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of pretty girls, and there's some that are a lot smarter than you and cooler than you. Right. So you can only get away with the kind of cray cray um, for for <laughs> for a yeah, certain amount. Yeah, there's a window for that. Yeah, but you know, everybody's got to go through it. Their system. The crazy girl's got to go through it on her her mm-hmm. end too. You mm-hmm. know, um, she's gonna have to get battered and and abused and um you know by enough men because clearly it's a place of insecurity to kind of allow yourself to be you know this sort of insolent and and childish yeah it is like having a temper tantrum yeah oh i would hate it i don't know how guys do it my brother date you know my brother's a very good dater he he knows how to Date girls very – in a way, he's like a good dater. He, just, mm-hmm. he goes and does it. You know, he's a good single guy. I mean it's You mean in terms of ma- of he dates good women or he goes on lots of dates? He goes on lots of dates. It. Like he, he – he's right now dating like a totally terrific girl. But, you know, it's – who knows, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I always – I mean not to reveal his stuff, but he – you know, he's just always been really good at that. Mm-hmm. You know, while some people are not so great, you know, they don't know how to get on a date. How yeah. do I get – you know, I have some single friends who are just like – how do I right. make How this do I happen? do this? Yeah. How do I end up at dinner with someone? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was more me. And then also, well, I have a, one of my best friends who's she's married now, but her thing was always when she was single, she would go on lots of dates and then she'd just meet the next guy and then go out with them. And then, you know, uh, and I, I could never do that thing of dating a lot of people at once because I, I just, and I also can't do that thing of like making myself date if I'm not interested in someone because oh, I yeah. just I just get too emotionally invested too quickly. Like everything – things – I'm just not light of spirit enough for all of that, you know? I, I everything affects me exhausting. too deeply. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's interesting. I mean I wasn't very like attachy thing, thing. I just more I thought it was exhausting to talk about. I, I can't go on a date. I couldn't go on a date with someone that I didn't find really goddamn interesting because yeah. – 
I'm like, if we're going to get into it, I want to actually know. I want to be – to have a dinner with someone is like a long goddamn time mm-hmm. if you're not interested in them. So to have a dinner with someone that you're like, I want to hear where you come from and all that jazz and we got to go through this whole rigmarole of like – where did you come from? Oh, really? <laughs> that's so crazy because I did this. And what about that? You know her? That's so weird because we went to the, you know, all of that. If you're going to go into that, I mean, you better fucking like them, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think it gets harder and harder because there's less people you're going to fucking like once you get older because <laughs> you're like, I know what I like. Yeah. You know? Well, so how did you, you – you said that you were always secretly hoping that one day you'd just know. Yeah. So with Scott, what did that feel like? Well, it was hilarious because, of course, I knew, but he was like, I'm a southern gentleman, and he was dating someone, and fucking awesome that he was not interested at the time. You um, you just knew then? I saw him and was like, good God, what is that, and how can I be a part of it? <laughs> but, you know, uh, it was really funny, too, because I, you know, from my own past experiences and learning of who who I want to be in the world, and um, I, you know, the second I heard he was dating someone, I was like, Mm-mm, goodbye. You know, so, good. So that was. Um, I also he was so amazing. I just knew that if it was meant to be, it would come around. I am what, totally. What was it that you were drawn to? Um, it's honestly this is the thing. It was just an it thing, mm-hmm. which I had never. I thought I heard about it. Which is just this thing. It's a chemistry thing. And um, there's just something about his person that I was drawn to. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it was just like – it wasn't like I – you know, it wasn't like he was, you know, drove up on a motorcycle or something, but he did have a helmet sitting there, which was pretty cool. And I <laughs> I did use that as a, you know, thing to talk about because I, my dad is in race car driving. I was like, uh-huh. okay, maybe we can talk about something. I'm like, what are you driving? You know? And he was like, uh, uh, you know, it's a it's a Ducati. I was like, oh, yeah, you ever take it on the track? He's like, yeah, yeah, I take it on, <laughs> yeah, I take it on the track, you know? Like, and I was like, well, where, where do you where do you go? And he's like, well, you wouldn't know. It's, it's, it's this place. I'm like, is it New Jersey Motorsport Park? <laughs> and he's like, how do you know New Jersey Motorsport Park? And um, I was like, oh, my dad owns it. Anyway, um, you know, and he was like, holy <laughs> shit, we're going to be friends for a long time. So that was kind of our first conversation. <laughs> so you – but you knew right away. I knew that I was crazy about him. I didn't know that I'd be getting married to him. Um, but I was like, if this is – this is a feeling that is foreign. Mm-hmm. So it was a thing that, y- you know, it was different. <laughs> I, I thought it was the coolest thing. I, I, you know, it was definitely a cool factor. I just was like, you are cool. <laughs> you know, and he is cool. Um, so, yeah. The, the feeling that was different though, was it – this is a different feeling – and and it feels so right and healthy, or was it? This is a different feeling. It be like the intensity of how into him you were. Um, no, it, it's a, 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 it's both because I think it's it's a different feeling in the sense that you look at someone and you know the only thing you know of them is kind of. All I had was like, oh, some tattoo artist. He's like apparently like a really big deal in his world. I don't mm-hmm. know what that means. You know, um, I don't have any tattoos. I you know didn't you give yourself a tiny one? I I gave myself a tiny. The one thing I joked with him when I first met him was that 
um, that I like knew his business because <laughs> I used to give people tattoos. I had like a makeshift tattoo parlor when I was 14 at boarding school. And I have a tattoo. I can't even say I have a tattoo. But I do. You I have, have a, a dot, right? I have basically like a miniature plus sign <laughs> on my ankle that I gave myself. And I showed that to him, which he was like, is that dirt or is that – because he's covered from like neck to, to toe. So um, so anyway, but but I joked with him on that. But, uh, you know, I just knew random facts about him and then, and then I saw him and, and there was just something I think – I mean for lack of a better world, you know, there was a vibe or an energy there um, that just made me totally like goo-goo, like a – like annoying girly and I'm not girly so I was like all of a sudden very girly and and I think that was the biggest difference which was you know my colleagues were definitely like will you get a hold of yourself I am serious you need to stop it you know a lot of mouthing of stop it <laughs> me taking sneaky photos and things like that you know does he um, want to tattoo you? Because I would think if you have none except for this little tiny one, he'd be like, look at this blank canvas. Oh, I know. That's what every, my dad was like. Don't let him make a blank canvas of you. You know, um, you know, but no, the whole the irony is that I would love to have some tattoos um, because I'm literally getting married to like one of the greatest tattoo artists in the world. Um, but he likes that I have none. <laughs> so because for him, that's super novel. You know, um, he's around people with tattoos all the time, you know. So for him, right. it's like, whoa. Right. That's so cool. You know, you have no tattoos. So. Oh, that's interesting. Um, how's the wedding planning going? How's all that? When When is that happening? Um, I'm not saying. Okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's it's coming. <laughs> oh, I suppose you're probably not talking about the planning of it either. Oh, no, because, yeah. I mean, I don't know that much. How about that? <laughs> like. I don't even have details anyway. But no, I probably would not talk about that. Yeah. Just because it's kind of private. <laughs> um, well, would, I'm just wondering, is it stressful or not? Um, are you guys doing that? You guys? It, it, we're talking about talking about it. You're talking about talking yeah, about like it? Yeah. Like we're, we're not engaged, engaged yet, yeah, but yeah. that is – How long is, have you been together? Um, a year and a half and we just moved in together a few months ago. OK. So I know that, I know that uh, it's sort of soon – I just don't wow. know exactly when. That's interesting that you talked about it. Yes. Because we didn't talk about it at all. There was no discussion of are we getting married ever. Mm-hmm. Till he proposed? Yeah. So I was like, well, uh, okay. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. So it's yes. So were you were you like <laughs> shocked? T- 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was shocked. I mean it was – How did it happen? It was an incredible – it's actually very private how it happened. But, but it was incredible and – he built a beautiful mechanism that, like, you know, he's an artist. So he's mm-hmm. actually a fine artist. He does um, a lot of beautiful fine artwork and have shows everywhere in the world and stuff. But um, so he's very kind of crafty in the way that he does things, everything. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it, it was it was it was definitely shocking though. I was not prepared, right? Um, but I think it's better that way. I prefer to be surprised. There's very little that you can get surprised with at this point in the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like there's – you can be reached at any point. You know, you're just – you're you're. there's an influx of information at all times, mm-hmm. you know. And so this was a nice thing that it was like we had no idea. Right. Know? Right. Um, yeah. But, with us, it's – 
Well, see, now that we've – it's like I accidentally looked into a closet where I wasn't supposed to see that there – this is figuratively, not literally. But oh, okay. it, it's, it's like I accidentally peeked into something and now I'm aware that there's something – you know, now that I'm – like we sort of – Like he wants to marry Yes. Yeah, and I want to marry him. So I sort of feel That's like That's good. That's a good start. Yeah. But but we and we've both said that to each other. So I sort of feel you like You know it's forever, right? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> um yeah, so in a way it's I almost feel like and so how it it's it's almost like well we're engaged if we've both already declared that well, we this but we're not, you know. Yeah. Um No, it's true. It's true. It's a different way right. in there. Um, but I think that he's stressing over um he is stressing over the fact that I am talking about this on a podcast. That's what will happen when he hears it. Well, you know, yeah, he's I, stressing over like sort of the mechanics of the proposal and da, da, da. And I'm like, I, it doesn't need to be on a jumbotron or anything. Like I prefer no, it's, it's not, you it's, know. Yeah, it's funny actually. Um, Scott, and you, I'm just saying this also for your fiancé to hear. Um, <laughs> I mean – Not fiancé. Not yeah. non-fiancé. Yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> First of all, we hate the word fiance. We think oh, it's horrible. Okay. Because Would you just say – what do you say then? It's hard because it's – we just don't – this is Scott. You know, because fiance, first of all, is a Frenchy is a Frenchy word. Mm-hmm. Okay? We're not French. Okay? True. And and it makes everybody have to sound like they're saying a Frenchy word all yeah. of a sudden, which makes it feel a little bit like – Oh, we're better than you. We're not just boyfriend and girlfriend. We're fiance. You yeah, know, it's like it feels it's a little bit like um, come over for dinner. Here's your amuse bouche. Exactly. Or like, would you like an entree? You know, <laughs> it's just like you're right. I'll take it's the main course. You know, now thanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to call him my main course. <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I think you know Scott was like, why is it like what asshole? He always says this. What asshole made it so that you can't just like get on one knee and propose to your girlfriend? Like, why does it have to be? Yeah, because I don't need it to be like that skywriting, right? Or like, you know, a marshmallow in the shape of a. I don't know. That's a horrible idea. Um, no, a ring inside a marshmallow. Or you know something, what I'm yeah. saying? Like, if marshmallow was your favorite food, that would make sense. <laughs> but otherwise, it would be like, why a marshmallow? So weird. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe he could just put a ring and it could it could float in a cup of coffee. Do you love coffee? I like coffee a lot. Yeah. How could you make it float in there? Oh, you mean like oh, a marshmallow? Oh, right. It would be too Yeah, heavy. on like a marshmallow lily pad. You could do it'd that. Maybe not floating. It'd be, it'd be at the bottom. Oh, okay. So around. it's almost like, you know, those kind of like tea fortune things. Yes. Yeah, it could be like that. Like but read it's the, like, whoa, yeah. your ring. Mm-hmm. It depends how fast you drink your coffee because what if you were guzzling right. and then choke them yeah. all yeah. of a sudden that's hospital. The, right. That's the thing. I think what idiot made it so that it has to be a thing. Right. I mean I think – look, I like the thing but I don't know that I'd want to be like in public. That's the only scary thing. Yes. Like when people – like that pressure – and 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 invi- involving strangers mm-hmm. into a private moment. I am private in that way. I think we've talked about a lot of stuff, considering I'm pretty private. Um, but uh, I do not. That does not turn me on. See, we're struggling a bit with the whole how the the idea of a wedding and that being public and um, like mean? I well see I'm. A performer, so I don't. The idea of getting up in front of people and saying vows and all that, like I don't mind. But he tends to be shy and a little bit is sort of grappling with this idea of a whole bunch of eyes on us in this very private moment. 
Oh my god. So I'm I feel like the opposite and I am the performer in the relationship and I don't like the idea of going up there in front of everyone because I feel like that's what I do for work. Well, see, yes, that's what, I guess that's what I'm saying. It doesn't make me nervous, but I relate to it. Like I guess it doesn't make me nervous because I'm I'm comfortable doing it, but I feel like what if it just turns into me feeling like I'm performing? Like you, I want it to be feel real, real, and and I want it to feel like a thing between the two of us, not a like he, not putting on a show. I don't think you will because I think that the the very kind of ceremony of it mm-hmm. makes everybody act differently. You yeah, know? you're right. It is this thing of like you know. You know, respectfully, it's like I will be fucking nervous, you know, and I might have a cheat sheet, you know, and it's like I will not judge myself and nor should you. You know, if you feel like you want to make a joke, you'll make a joke. You know, it's like whatever you deal with, that'll be you, you know. Yeah. Um, But I do think that people act differently in that setting. Yes. Including yourself. Yeah. You know, it won't just be like getting on a stage. It's totally goddamn different. Right. Right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I've been struggling a bit with – I always thought that I did want to get married and I did want like the whole big wedding that – You did? It, it's oh, not God, like I every never. little girl – it's not like I was one of those little girls that dreamt of this and every little girl dreams of this and, and I wanted to be a princess as well. I don't mean that but I just mean I always thought, yeah, that I do want to do that. Um, but <laughs> in the, but, but of late I've been thinking, I, I've been kind of questioning my feeling about that because it's like, it's not like I'm 23 or now, something. How old are you? I'm I... 37. Okay. Okay. And my younger sister got married. Did she do the whole thing? She did the whole thing. And what, did you like the way I looked? I, it was, seemed like such a huge pain in the ass <laughs> up is. until that day. Yeah. But then that day was, was magical good. and it, 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 it was amazing. All the pain kind of just melted away away and all I remember is that it was this beautiful ceremony and a really special day and everything looked wonderful however the idea (laughs) of going through but but she was like very she's very she definitely had a vision for how she wanted it to be and she hand picked like every aspect of it you know did she have a she had a wedding planner planner yeah she did but I mean she was involved in Every single course, yeah. detail so that it would, you know, match her aesthetic vision, which was great for her. But I'm kind of indecisive by nature. And just the – like I just feel like I don't have that much time to devote to – like I don't want to – I don't want to um, be like, and we're getting married in 2016. No, no. Because then you, I can't have kids. You don't – yeah, I know. I hear you. And <laughs> But do. then also I think how imp- – so, so now it's like how important is it really to be married? Like if we know we're in love – and we want to have kids. Why not just have them? Oh, but I'm if not it isn't broken. Yeah, that's I don't what know. always freaked me out about it. Was the idea is that you know if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's like everybody that I saw, like, I would see all these loving relationships around me, and then the guy would ask the girl to marry him, and then they would go down the aisle, they would do the whole thing, and then it was like, oh, do you hear they're breaking up? Like I was like, what happened? Yeah. They were together for seven years, and then they got married, and. Uh, their thing expectations changed and there was you know there's this weird thing that happens and i am very conscious and very sort of aware of it so i hope you know that that just doesn't happen i i you know i i just don't think it will given our relationship and given that we're older like i'm 33 he's 35 you know we're not getting married at 23 you know I think it makes a difference mm-hmm. because you've learned so much. I mean, and I hope um, 
it makes a difference from, you know, cataloging different relationships that you admire and that you mentor and sort of following those paths. Um, that's why, you know, friends who are in great relationships, you got to you gotta hold on to those guys. You know what I mean? You're like, okay, that's working. You know, same with like being a parent or something. You know, you have your, your, your parent spirit animals. You know, I'm like, Kate. Fucking in Brooklyn. She's my want. She's my, you know, spirit animal for for what it's going to be like to have kids, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think the power of holding on to to good mentors, like even in if if you're somebody who's like trying to you know get into an industry or help your career or whatever it is, you know, help take the next step. I mean, surround yourself by people who are where they where you want to be or doing it like you like, right? And you're inspired by. You surround yourself by those people. I mean, certainly in my industry as, you know, being, um, you know, taking on being a filmmaker and um, being an actor and a filmmaker and, you know, you know, kind of adding those two things together and moving forward. Like, who am I going to surround myself with, you know? And um, you you want to surround – in all those capacities, get in groups and uh, have people around you that do it better than you, <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. and um, and yeah, and uh, that are doing it with a sense of humor and with you know grace and uh, that that's that's important to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what what I say to Daniel is whatever we decide to do. If we decide to, I mean, we we will do something. Um, it'll be special because it's what we decided to do, and it's not just going to be like what whatever. We're imagining that makes us go. Oh, that's a, no, it's 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 so personal. It's just gonna be what it is. And even if it's on a Wednesday, you know, or you know, it'll make Wednesdays more interesting for you for the rest of your life. You know what I mean? Because poor Wednesdays, they don't got a lot going on. They don't. No. You know, so maybe it's a Wednesday thing. You know, but it might be you know, very simple. There was my one friend. He had had this whole rigmarole p- planned and he had this ring he was carrying the ring around the whole time and he had this whole thing and then they were just like in traffic one day you know and he just couldn't handle it anymore and he just proposed to her in traffic you know and the idea was it was great because it made traffic great you know <laughs> which is impossible to do so yeah. it's like you just don't know what's going to happen and it's whatever it is it's just it's special for you and you guys will always remember it so. right. hey you guys it's me Allison from before Don't forget to download part two on Thursday. And by the way, no more discussion of weddings in case you're having wedding discussion fatigue. But if you aren't, if you have an insatiable appetite for more discussions of weddings, don't worry. I'm sure there'll be more on future episodes. But anyway, listen to part two because it's good and I love you. Okay. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen show?
Digital.